even if it was sort of once or twice a week at the bare minimum, but you did that consistently for a couple of months, you'll start building a personal brand. It's about showing up. You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to the B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurelia Mottier, and I'm here today with Daniel Disney, best-selling LinkedIn and social selling author and founder of The Daily Sales. How are you doing today, Dan? I am really good, really. It's so great to be here, and uh, I think we've got some some good topics to cover uh, today. Absolutely. As I was saying to you in the preparation, I think we've got a, a fair few of our guys in the team that are, are, are fan of uh, of what you, you you're putting online. Some of them have, have been making reference to to what you've wrote as well, uh, and they're putting that in practice on a daily basis. So your name your name was coming up so often in conversation. I was like, look, we need to invite Dan in one of our podcasts. Let's have the conversation with him because you you again you seem to be inspiring quite a fair few of the team. So thank you very much for coming today. Um, oh no. A pleasure. Today we will be talking about social selling, of course, you know, as your t-shirt is uh, <laughs> hashtag social selling. But before we get into that conversation, it would be wonderful if you can tell us a little bit more about yourself, Dan, your background and, and your career in, uh, in, in social selling. Yeah, no, so I'm, I'm a salesperson through and through. My first job at 16 years old was working in sales and I climbed the sales ladder. So I'm literally sales through and through. And about eight years ago, LinkedIn just started to become a, a sort of more prominent figure, especially here in the UK. And I just fell in love with it straight away. I saw this amazing platform, saw it had so many opportunities that I could use to sell more and to sell better. And through using it a lot and being able to achieve a lot, it put me in a position where people were asking me questions and asking for me to help their sales teams uh, learn how to leverage it. And that sort of helped me progress to writing books about it, you know, delivering training courses and things like that. But my passion is obviously heavily focused around sales and how salespeople can leverage LinkedIn to its, its full potential. Thanks for that, Dan. Yeah, but I, I think social, LinkedIn is just a great, great, great social platform for, for B2B. Definitely something that we leverage a lot. We, we spend a lot of money with them and, and it's been very it's been very good to us. It's a, it's a great tool, almost like a great weapon. But not everybody gets the most out of, of it. And in fact, for myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I used to be the guy who would target other people. Now I am the guy targeted by other people. And... I'm sometimes not impressed with the effort that some are making. You know, you can tell that you are, you are in a little bit of a sequence and there is not too much method into it. But without talking of, of my own experience, I wanted to hear from you what you think are the biggest mistakes that people are making in using LinkedIn as a, as a social selling tool. Yeah, there are a few right now, I think, that are most prominent across um, salespeople on LinkedIn. Number one, they have a self-focused LinkedIn profile. So their LinkedIn profile is all about them. And the reality in sales is your customers and prospects, they don't really care about that. They want to know what can you do for, for them. And so, you know, that big mistake is holding a lot of salespeople back. So you've got sort of not optimized profiles. Then you've got no personal brands. They're just not active. That's probably one of the most common ones they're not using linkedin on a regular or consistent basis so no one knows who they are no one knows where they work or what they what they offer it's like 
going to a networking event, standing in the corner and not talking to anyone. You know, there's this room full of people and a lot of salespeople, you know, aren't, aren't talking to them. And then I guess the last component, which I think is going to be a big one for next year is not using things like audio and video messaging. So new, more engaging forms of outreach that's right there on your laptop and mobile phone, but salespeople just aren't using them. Yeah, I did smile about going to an event and just staying in the corner. What I've seen with my team in the past, and it got me a little bit hungry, was we go to an event and we just stay amongst ourselves and have a good time. <laughs> we all go for our drinks and we don't speak to any prospect or anyone. So that's quite, that's quite funny. I, I know what you're saying. And I think it takes preparation. You know, you need to think about it. And now what we are doing, what we, well, what we are doing now, sorry, what we were doing up until March 2020 was almost like having a profile of who we want to engage with at, at an event, like a, the picture, what they look like, a couple of things, and what we're going to say to them to start that conversation. And when you prepare that, you kind of remove the, I guess you remove the break that you would normally have of, oh, I saw that guy, I want to speak to that guy, but I don't know what to say to him, okay? So that I, I appreciate the, 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 the comment that you're making. So that's the bad. Now, how do we make the bad good? So uh, three things that you mentioned. Number one is my profile is about me, 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 what I've done. Number two is I've got no personal brand. So, you know, I probably don't make an effort of giving to people so they know what I'm doing, who I am. And number three is I may not be using the new stuff that LinkedIn is really good at around voice notes and the profile things where you can present yourself, et cetera, et cetera. So if we tackle the first one, and we speak about best practices around the first one. How would you, how would you suggest to our audience that what's a good way to actually turn it around and, and, and present a profile that is open to the world? There are two big areas that will do that. And the third, that it doesn't do that problem, but it is really important. So the two, you've got your LinkedIn banner, the background image, the big long thing that sits behind your photo. A lot of people just have a plain image or something really bland. And that's that's your own mini billboard. That should tell people straight away what it is you do. Your product service solution should be laid bare in that banner. So as soon as people land on your profile, they know exactly what you do. That's that first sort of planting the seed, leaving a good first impression. The second area attached to that is your summary or about you section. There is a lot of space there that you can use. Most people have a single sentence or a single paragraph, and there is so much space for you to tell people, who do you help? What do you help them achieve? What problems do you solve? What companies have you worked with? You know, really take them through that journey so they know in as crystal clear a way as possible the type of people you work with, the type of problems you solve, and more importantly, how can they get in touch with you? The third sort of slightly less attached area is your profile photo. So obviously that doesn't have a lot to contribute to a customer facing part, but it should still be professional. It needs to yeah. make you look professional. You know, people do judge books by their cover and they will look at your photo and it will have influence. So good photo, good background image, good summary. Those three things can totally transform your profile i need to change my summary i don't think <laughs> my summary is still like probably a summary from like early 2000 but where you use someone speaking someone is writing it for you like technically at a third person you know aurelien is that he used to do that <laughs> i probably need to pimp that up a little bit i'm gonna make a note of that pimp up my summary that's cool and regarding personal branding 
how, how do you how do you develop that? And we see you've been doing a fantastic job at it. You know, you, you you've got that brand, you've got you know, it's, it's recognizable. You've got all those things going on around you. But for someone that is less active than you, Dan, and, and obviously use the platform. I, I guess the platform is so important for you that you, you need to be there all the time. But for someone who just use it as one of their tool in the arsenal, how do you suggest to get branding done efficiently? The biggest thing is consistency. So you don't have to have tons of time. You don't have to be on it every single day. But even if it was sort of once or twice a week at the bare minimum, but you did that consistently for a couple of months, you'll start building a personal brand. It's about showing up. And when you do show up, not standing in the corner being quiet, but talk. So share content, write comments on other people's posts, get your name out there. You want people to log in on a weekly basis and see your name popping up. The more they see of you, the more they'll get to know you. And as long as you mix that with a value giving mentality, so you're trying to, you're not trying to sell something, you're just trying to help people and contribute and, you know, give value to your prospects, consistency and value come together. That creates a personal brand and it can be from as little as once or twice a week. Some people will do a bit more, but at a bare minimum, any less than that and you'll struggle. Okay. So, and, and does that need to be only with the prospect that you are targeting or could it be absolutely everyone? So could you be, you know, I don't know, responding, participating, commenting to to, to absolutely anybody? Because I guess that's one of the things that we see the most in our BDISDIs that they are quite good at commenting on each other's posts and say, hey, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, well done. Yeah, this, that and commenting. But I think there is a little bit of a reserve when it comes to like a, a prospect post, maybe because maybe because they don't want to sound stupid. And, you know, there is a bit of reluctance there because they're like, well, I don't know if it's appropriate to put that. So, but I guess in, in the branding, do you think the branding is 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 purely, it should be prospect focused? Should it be open to absolutely everyone? Should it be a nice mix all around? I think the biggest focus should be on the industry. I think supporting your colleagues is fine. I think you know, engaging on your prospects post is fine in a small area, but the bulk of it needs to be in the industry where your prospects are going to be. It's not about necessarily talking to them, but letting them see you talk in that space so that they see that you're relevant in, in, you know, in the industry, you're immersed in that industry. So the biggest part needs to be thought leaders in that industry. So if you're selling into software, you know, commenting on big thought leader posts or on articles or, or content that's really relevant so that your prospects will see you. Then on the side, definitely support your colleagues because you should all be supporting each other. And with some of your prospects posts, not for everyone, but if you feel like you've got something to contribute, then contribute. If you don't, don't do it just for the sake of it because you'll end up sounding like a salesperson. But if you feel like you've got a story or something to add to it, absolutely do it. You know, one last question on the branding thing. I don't know if you've seen that yourself. I, I've seen some of my posts. And obviously, we, we are quite active on LinkedIn with the podcast, with some of the other things. But some of the posts that are actually getting the most traction are the posts that are actually quite outside of the industry but more speak more personal in a way when i put something like this, a little, i can't remember i had one like a few maybe a few months ago where i just posted something it was just like you know just writing out of 
what was in my mind. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember that post going absolutely crazy. Like people liking it, sharing lots of comments and everything. Uh, and it's interesting because sometimes you try to be very focused, very professional, very serious, but get very little traction. And sometimes you just open up and say, hey, this is who I am. And then you get a lot of traction. So what's your opinion on that? I mean, do, do you think it's, it's it's the right place to do it on LinkedIn? Or, uh, do you think you should have a little bit of kind of, this is personal, hey, here is my throwback sales, the picture or whatever, you know, a bit of a bit of you as well. So who you are versus I am not just a professional. I'm also someone who's got that value, that value, that value. Here's the thing. It's all about balance. And that's really tough because like you, people will share something personal. It will do lots more engagement than any other post. So they think, right, that's all I should do. And it's a balancing act. If you go too personal, you'll get lots of engagement. You'll make lots of friends, but no one's going to feel confident buying from you because you're just sharing your personal stories. If you go too professional, you're going to struggle to get engagement. It'll be boring. It'll probably be salesy and you're not going to generate business. It's that sweet spot in the middle where you're sharing professional content to build credibility, but you're sharing personal content to build connections so that people believe in you. They trust you. They see you credible within your industry, but they also build a digital relationship with you because people buy from people. So it's, not one or the other, but it's that sweet spot in the middle. If you can get that balance right and do a mixture of both, that's where the ultimate salesperson's personal brand is built. But you're absolutely right. Personal, professional together is the is the secret. I like it. I like it. Last point, the technology. So a new thing is that uh, uh, LinkedIn is coming up with. So we, we actually had some great results with the, the LinkedIn voice messages. Probably we really got our head around that because a good, good friend of us, a guy called Michael Anson, which you may have heard of um, at Cross Jenny, kind of gave us a call and said, hey, guys, you've got to try that. We're getting good traction. Put that in your sequences and you see you get you get some results. And we did get a fair amount of results. And I think it's because, you know what, you receive a voice note on LinkedIn. It's the first voice note you receive. You get that notification on your email. You get that notification on your phone. You say, what's that thing? And you're going to listen to it. Is that your experience as well of the voice notes? I mean, how useful do you think they are? And also, how do you use them appropriately? Because I, I received some voice notes that were like short to the point. This is what I want. And I received some others that were less good, like maybe a little bit too long, maybe not to the point, maybe kind of not telling me what they were really contacting me for. And I think you just leave a bad test. So I'd like to get your feedback on all that. And, and how do you think, first of all, if you find them useful, which I think you probably would say yes, because you say that's yeah. going to be big this year. Uh, and how do you use them appropriately? Really good point. So yes, I do like them and they will be a big thing. I think there's two things with voice notes. You're right. The novelty is making them more effective. Like, imagine being the first salespeople to make cold calls. Like, it would have been so successful back then if you were the first, like, year, couple of years of making cold calls and no one had received phone calls before from salespeople. You know, it worked a lot better then. And it's the same with voice notes and video messages now. The novelty is providing some acceleration. The other thing to remember is for some people, that's their preferred way of communicating. Like outside of LinkedIn and outside of work, they're sending voice notes to their friends, their family. That's how they like to communicate. So for a lot of people, when you send that voice note, you're speaking their language, you're using the methods they like to use. And that percentage of people is, is ever growing as we continue to be more connected with our phones and you know watches and technology. So 
from that side of things, yes, voice notes are effective and they will continue to become more and more effective. You are right. Some people are doing it well. Some people are doing it not so well. And I was laughing when you were saying that because I got a voice note yesterday from someone and they were literally just saying, oh, it's nice to connect. But there was no nothing, nothing more. <laughs> it was like I got bored halfway through listening to it. I thought, you're not going anywhere with this. Like it's it's nice, but, you know, we're, we're sort of there's no purpose. And you're right. When salespeople, and I've had some great ones, they're to the point, they're personal, that you know, they make it relevant to you. There's a real nice call to action at the end. Great. On for a winner. I think you're right. Short and sweet. You know, make sure you're personalizing it. it again, like your profile, it's less about you and more about them. Don't tell them what you're selling. Tell them how you're going to help them or what you're going to solve for them. But short and sweet, to the point, and just keep them nice and engaging. But going into next year more and more salespeople will be sending them. So this window of novelty is is closing. And by the end of next year, it's going to be really small. So January, you really want to be on the boat because by December next year, more and more salespeople will be doing it and that novelty would have worn away. Yeah, I, I it's uh, it's so true. And I think LinkedIn's been like that. And I've, hopefully they will come up with something else after. I almost compare they're like, when you speak to a marketer about uh, SEOs and the Google algorithm, you know, they, they just, you, you kind of adapt to something and when everybody's using it, they change it. But so you always need to be on the forefront of trying the new things. You need to be the pioneer of the new technology that they're bringing out to really make the most of it and the new feature. But it, it, it was the same with emails. I remember receiving like, you know, people did not have a lot of credit for emails. And back in the days, LinkedIn was free. You would just pay like when you get too many emails or whatever. And then emails, you could not send emails anymore to people. So you had to find another way. And, you know, if they, they, they increase their cost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But now when they receive an email, I just kind of less pay less attention. And and it's, yeah, it's it's about being on the new stuff, really. And I think you're absolutely right on that. And yeah, probably December or next year, people will be fed up with all those voice notes and not listen to them anymore. But you know what frustrates me the most with, with LinkedIn? I was speaking to some of my guys about that last week is... And I think it's similar with the voice note is people send me a connection. They want to they want to connect with me. Okay. And I, I tend to check them like once, twice a week, maybe. And I do make a point of connecting to people I know or connecting to people that I think I can share something with or help or I can get help from. But you know, it is, you've got also lots of people that are trying to sell you stuff like the software house in Ukraine, which I probably don't need at the moment. They are telling me that they want to coach me and coach my business, but they never really worked in my industry. And, you know, this would not be very relevant to me. In fact, they've never had a job like mine before, but they still want to coach me. And you've got all those things. And I think those things are automated, right? So I don't think they're really smart. But you know what, what annoys me the most with them is that first of all, they don't say what their job is. There's like pioneering the field of sales development for whatever. So, okay, so what, what does that mean? This is beautiful, but what does that mean? So then you need to go onto that profile and you need to go the extra mile to work out if that connection is actually valid for you or not. When in fact, what they should say is, look, I'm a salesperson. I would like to pitch you my product because I believe that this is what I understand of your company and whatever it is. But you know, in a short, just saying, look, I'm a salesperson. I'd like to have 10 minutes of your time, discuss things, can we please connect? And if we not connect, you know, it'd be good to get the connection. I'm reading your content or something like that. Play with my ego and I probably will too, okay? And they don't do that. They just say, it, there is nothing in there. It's just like, let's connect on LinkedIn. 
Or people say the usual, oh, I came across your profile and I just work with you. Okay, but for what? What's the reason? What's the purpose? Why would I get you? And you end up with lots of connection, but they are, it, it, they are useless. I mean, for me, it's like, what's the point of having, I would rather have 100 connections that are genuinely people I interact with, like on my WhatsApp or on my Instagram or on my Facebook, where I don't really use Facebook anymore, but you really interact with people, you put things for them, you know that they will see it, you want to keep them posted on what you are doing or whatever, versus having things with people that actually random people that I don't know anything about. So what are your thoughts on all that? And Because I think it's, it's, being, it's really being abused in a way. Yeah, it's it's the smoke and mirrors that salespeople use anywhere. It's not just LinkedIn. They do it at networking events. They do it on the phone. It's all these tricks they try to play to try and manipulate people to buy. It's, it's the bad side of selling. And I'm with you. Just be open and honest. Cards on yeah. the table. Be transparent. This is what I'm selling. But this is why I think it's relevant to you. This is what I've done. This is the research and homework I've done. And it's made me believe I think I can help you achieve this with our product. You know, just be honest about it. And it is lacking. I think we must put some of that on the salespeople, but it also boils down to sales leadership. Too much pressure being put on, not enough training being given or coaching. And unfortunately, we do have this large percentage of salespeople out there that unfortunately, that's kind of how they're taught to sell. They're taught to be mysterious. They're taught to word it so that it doesn't isn't quite clear. And I think as we move through the next few years, the need for that transparency and honesty and that need for personalization is going to be crucial because you're right, a percentage is automated. But unfortunately, a percentage isn't automated. Like a lot of those messages, they are people that people sending it thinking that's the right thing to do. And, you know, I think as software advances and education increases, salespeople need to go the extra mile. Otherwise, yeah. they will sink. And also, I believe it could be the it could be a result of people trying to automate at scale and trying mm -hmm. to almost play a number game. So what are your thoughts on automation on LinkedIn? Have you seen some sequences that work well? Have you seen some product that are you're particularly fond of that you think are better than others for, for the automation because it's all good to do automation but i find it very difficult to believe that you can do automation and be not only personalized because personalized i can probably grab uh, what football team you're supporting or whatever on your profile but relevant how, how can you do relevance at scale if you automate that that's what i'm not sure to understand but maybe maybe i'm wrong and maybe there is automation that can do it no, you're not wrong. I feel like I'm only using scales as a as a way of putting a message through. But it's the same thing. If you automate too much, you will lose personalization yeah. and relevance. And obviously, personalization it takes too much time, which is why companies you know scale is very hard to achieve if you put too much. What I am seeing is software get better at it. So the software is being developed and it's getting smarter. I've seen some apps recently that are scraping profiles you're able to put in better templates and it kind of creates a better merge. So you actually get some decent messaging. So the technology is advancing, but companies have to realize it is a balancing act. And if you go too heavy in the scale automation route, your conversions are going to drop significantly and you need to accept 
that your salespeople will need time and you want them to need time to personalize, to dig deeper, to find more relevant information that software just isn't going to be able to do for, for quite some time. So yeah, it's a balancing act. And I think companies need to appreciate their salespeople will need time to research. Yeah. That's time invested. That's time well spent because it will increase conversions. Yeah. You, you've been mentioning a couple of times the pressure on salespeople, and I actually completely agree with you on that one. And, and the fact that when you put pressure on people, sometimes you get the wrong attitude. Mm -hmm. So if you were to, uh, what, what, what would be your message for sales leaders out there who are trying to manage that on, on how to use that powerful tool that is LinkedIn and, and, and drive the right attitude from, from their reps? What, what would you say to them? Number one, lead by example. You know, if you're telling your salespeople to be active on LinkedIn, then you should be doing it as well. And not just for the reason of leading by example, but there are so many benefits for a sales leader by being active on LinkedIn to attracting the best talent to, you know, motivating the team. So there are separate benefits, but absolutely lead by example and understand it. Again, if you're going to be instructing them and, and coaching or supporting them through, you need to have an understanding of it as well, or otherwise they are going to pull the wool over your eyes and they'll tell you things. They'll tell you SSI scores and metrics. And if you don't know what that means, you don't know if it's good or not. And you'll soon, you know, they could go down some of the common traps on, on LinkedIn. So understand it, lead by example and be on the front line, be out there using it with them, you know, prospect with them so that you understand it for its true potential and you can give them the right support. Yeah, we, we're trying something with our with our inside sales team, our own inside sales team. Uh, it, it's still in the it's still in working progress, but but with our with our chief revenue officer Dan, we're trying to see how we can change the way we measure people, mm -hmm. um, because we think that getting a meeting is really a me 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 metrics. You know, I care about me. I want my meeting with you. And we're trying to find uh, a, a nice balance in terms of saying, well, actually a quality conversation with someone saying no to you is as good as a meeting because, you know, this is what you want to establish in a meeting, if it's a yes or a no. So how can we bring this more qualitative feedback in the process? And, and again, this is another idea that you gave me today. We, we need to do the same with the LinkedIn message. And, and to your point about speaking to sales leader, I definitely am not doing it myself. But I don't know if Dan, who is leading the team, is also looking in every, not every single message the team is sending, but at least driving them to say, look, it's not about the number of connections you get. It's not about connecting with people. It's about building a real relationship and having a real conversation, not trying to push them in the call to action that we want to push them in. It's not about pushing them in our net. It's about saying, do you want to come to our net? And this is why I think you should come into it. And if it's a no, it's as good as a yes. So kind of reframing the whole sales process in saying, well, it's about the conversation with the prospect versus forcing something down their throat. So um, yeah, very interesting that you 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 also raise that point about you know, sometimes sales leadership. It's not. I don't think it's even being under pressure. It's about it's about the metrics. You know, it's about the comp plans. It's about all that sort of thing that are behind it. Yeah, it's the difference between measuring and focusing on activity versus measuring or focusing on a result. You can tell any salesperson to send 100 LinkedIn messages and they'll send 100 LinkedIn messages, whether they're good or bad or effective or not effective is a different thing. But if you say, I want you to have 25 conversations with people, that tends to trigger a different type of mentality and that tends to trigger the right mentality in, in sales. So no, I'm with you and it's not an easy thing, you know, 
traditional sales models are built on numbers and actually changing that is 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 difficult but that's how sales is evolving that's about quality my, my last question to you uh dan is around tools you know there is a ton of tools uh, that come on top of linkedin and again there is some new ones and some of them work better than others etc etc you know is there any is there any tools in particular that you see your network or your customers or the people around you that you know give them great results or, or, or things that you know our audience should be looking at in terms of getting the most of LinkedIn? Yeah, I think it's important to I'll suggest this one first, Sales Navigator, because it's a separate thing to LinkedIn. A lot of people kind of think it's the but it's not. It's a totally external separate platform. And Sales Navigator, when used right, is a, a phenomenal tool. So I'm okay. all for that. But like gym membership if you buy it and don't teach your salespeople how to use it they're not going to they're just they'll struggle to get anything from it so make sure they they understand how to use it so sales navigator is one of my favorites two other tools i'll recommend three others sorry that i'm using at the moment and i recommend people use auto scheduling tools like buffer or hootsuite where you can schedule content in advance yeah we've talked about consistency today that doesn't mean you have to live on LinkedIn, I mean, you've been traveling, people are traveling, they've got days off, we've got Christmas. You can schedule content whilst you're busy so that you keep that consistency, which is crucial for personal brand building. So Hootsuite or Buffer, there's others out there as well. They're really important. Platforms like Vidyard or VideoWorks, video platforms where you can record and send super engaging videos through LinkedIn and email additionally they're really, uh, really helpful as well. And the last one is a platform called OneShot.ai. It's a new tool um, and it personalizes your connection requests to sort of our earlier point. But again, it's it's good. Like my standards of messaging and personalization on LinkedIn are pretty high. The templates and the scanning create these really, really good automated messages, but it prompts you to tweak it so you can add your own bits as well. So for me, those are the three things that, that I'm using and I'm always keeping my eyes out for new and exciting technology that's going to help with social selling. I'm sure you are. One shot.ai, I didn't know about them. I'm going to check them out straight after this conversation. <laughs> the question that I ask at that, uh, in that part of the, towards the end of the, 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 the interview is where should people, how do we find you? <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. I'm going to ask it to you anyway. I know it's a bit of a naive one, but what's the best way to find you Dan? Well, ironically, it is on LinkedIn. Uh, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn, but uh, DanielDisney.online is my website. I've got tons of resources on there and i am on other social channels but linkedin is definitely my uh, my home and my profile is full of content that i've been writing for the last eight years blogs articles newsletters tips uh, videos etc and i'm on youtube uh, as well pretty much anywhere i think if you just google daniel disney you'll find some social selling content yeah i think people should definitely get on on your content i can't repeat how much the the, the team has been a been pushing for us to have you on the show today and you know, they, they really have put some of the some of the things that you, you've been sharing and to be fair it's, it takes a lot you know so we should be appreciative in uh, in the industry to have people like you who actually spend a lot of time giving 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 and there is lots of context so really anyone listening to to, to this podcast even if you are managing a team and you're not someone run, running your own LinkedIn prospection please direct your team towards Daniel's content uh, because you, you'll find some amazing stuff. And, you know, again, thanks for sharing that much because, you know, lots of people don't appreciate the value. They just use it and probably, you know, never, never thank you for it. But I think we should, we should thank you all the contributor. Thanks all the contributor like you uh, for the job they are doing. 
because it takes no, time I... to get together. It takes time. You know, it's not easy. So thanks for your time, Danny. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. And I think we should do another session soon. We're going to think about some other topic. But, you know, as soon as uh, maybe we should speak again when the video are, are becoming obsolete uh, and, and speak about the, what, what would be the new stuff. Oh, definitely. I'd love to do lots of these. I think we've dug into some topics, but there are so many out there. I really enjoyed this conversation. And, you know, LinkedIn is a gold mine. So for everyone who listens or, or watches this, 2022 is a big opportunity. I would be looking at the different ways you can use LinkedIn in January to make next year a huge year. It's a gold mine of opportunity out there. It's just on you to go and start using it. There you go. Well, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a great Thank day. You. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.